Welcome to Talk World Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk World Radio, we're speaking with two people who will be leading a training session on nonviolent communication skills. I could use some of those at the July 8th to 10th online No War 2022 conference. That can be found at worldbeyondwar.org. We're speaking with Sadia Qureshi and Nick Ray, both of whom work at the Preemptive Love Coalition, which can be found at preemptivelove.org. Preemptive Love Coalition's mission is to end war and stop the spread of violence. Sadia Qureshi works as a gathering coordinator and Nick Ray as a workshops coordinator at Preemptive Love. They are both from Florida. Uh, Nick and Sadia, welcome to Talk World Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So I don't know who wants to go first, but uh, what is Preemptive Love Coalition? Uh, When did it start? What does it do? Well, um, I guess I can go for it. Uh, We've we've been around for a little over 10 to 15 years, and we basically exist to end war and stop the spread of violence. And so, uh, you know, aim low and then go a little bit higher, right? Um, so in our mission to end war and stop the spread of violence, we, you know, do three main things and that's, we give help fast on the front lines of war and violence around the world. So we're involved in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Mexico, Venezuela, Colombia, many different countries where we're providing food, water, medical attention, right. As a response to this. And so the second thing we do is jobs and tech hubs. So we, provide help that lasts. So it's not just a handout, but what does it look like to have hand ups where people can provide for themselves, their families, their communities again. And then the third thing we do, which is where Sadia and I come and get to play around, is uh, community work. So what does it look like to heal the past and heal all that's tearing us apart so that we can really be preemptive and change the ideas that lead to war and violence and othering? Uh, it sounds absolutely wonderful. I, I imagine some people are wondering how, in the midst of guns firing and bombs falling, do you provide even food and medicine, uh, and in particular, jobs? Seems kind of tricky. Um, yeah, like any anything war-related or emergency-related, it, it, it does get tricky. But um, we like to take pride in the fact that um, we work with local organizations on the ground who actually know um, the ins and outs and we come alongside them and um, you know support them in these these efforts and we we try to learn from each time we do it so uh, you know a medical mobile medical unit that we had in Iraq um, we tried to replicate in uh, Mexico so you know time and you know wisdom, hopefully has helped us along the way. Do, do, do you two travel to these places or do you work from afar? So th- there's a mix of different things. It really depends on what's needed of us. Um, we haven't, Saudi and I haven't done a whole lot of traveling because I mean, I especially came on during COVID. So there was no real traveling going on at that time for me. Um, but so a lot of the stuff that Saudi and I do has been over Zoom if it's with people in those places. So if we're leading a workshop or a gathering, which Saudi can tell you more about, it, that those have been virtual. 
Yeah. Yeah. So what is so what is that that third part of your work, the community work? What does that look like? So the community work is kind of divided into three prongs as well. Uh, we have gatherings, which are our small group, one-to-one in living room gatherings. That's how they began. Like Nick said, they have changed over the last two years. Uh, we do a lot on Zoom. Um, so basically, we have people meet intentionally for the sake of peace. Our second uh, prong is workshops. And that actually got birthed out of COVID because we felt like our community of peacemakers needed something while they were stuck at home and basically workshops and partnerships, what we do is we help, uh, you know, train peacemakers. So Nick has uh, done uh, workshops on, um, the Lo- it's called the Love Anyway workshop, which is kind of what we're going to do at the conference next week. Um, and then we've done workshops on peacemaking during an election, peacemaking and parenting, um, peacemaking and racism. That was a, a big thing you know, when COVID started. So that's our second prong. Our third prong is called Generation Peace. And that is to help encourage the young activists out there to actually realize what a powerful voice they have in this community, in this divisive um, environment that we're in right now. And uh, we just help them find community in that sphere and also learn how to be inspired and work effectively in where we're at right now. So. Did I cover it all? Uh, all, all sounds wonderful. Uh, so if, if people who who sign up for the No War 2022 conference and come to that uh, workshop, what do they what should they expect? Yeah, so what they can expect is kind of like a almost like a brief introduction into what we do when it comes to workshops and empowering, educating and equipping peacemakers around the world. And so what we really try to focus on is this, as Saudi kind of mentioned briefly, love anyway, is this posture that we believe peacemakers um, can and do carry um, when they step out into whatever circle of influence that they have, right? And so we'll talk a bit about listening and how that is the first thing that all peacemakers do, because that's how you address actual needs versus perceived needs. And that's something that we carry with us, as I mentioned, relief, jobs, and community. This is something, this community thing is something that kind of holds all of it together. And so as we're, even if we're, you know, out providing aid or food or water, whatever it is, listening is the first thing. Um, and then the other thing that we do is we focus on this, this posture that we carry with us into these situations or even into, you know, here in the States, we have... Fourth of July, and maybe a lot of families are getting together and having dinner um, type thing. Maybe you're having outings with whoever it may be. But what is the posture that you carry when you're sitting at a table with somebody who is the same as you or different from you? And so what we really want to hold is this belief that everybody has dignity, and we should honor that dignity first as we listen to them and not not look to demonize and dehumanize because and that's that's violence that's that's how we you know move from seeing someone as the enemy just because they voted differently or think differently to you're a step closer to wanting to commit actual physical violence towards them i 
I, I confess that I sometimes get a little frustrated with local <clears throat> peace and justice centers in the United States who will do great stuff about inner peace and small scale peace and peaceful relations in your lives, but won't oppose a darn thing the Pentagon does. Uh, and, and there seems to be sort of a divide between wanting to have a nice organic garden and trying to stop the corrupt military industrial complex bombing countries into dirt. And But you, you seem to be making real connections between what's needed in your personal lives and what's needed when you go and make peace uh, in a war zone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Saudia and I say this all the time that wars don't begin when the first bomb drops or the first bullet flies or even when the first punch is thrown or, you know, smaller scale even then, the first harmful words are thrown out there on Facebook to somebody in a comment section. It starts in our own hearts and our own posture towards each other. And so how can we address the what the violence that has taken place around the world, how can we respond to it? But how can we also, as our name calls, be preemptive? How, did, do you all train volunteers and work with volunteers or are you all paid staff? Um, so we have about 70, uh, 70 people uh, that are paid staff around the world. But our community team really just uh, you know helps empower and support volunteers to do the work within their community. That, that's wonderful that you have 70 paid staff uh, plus volunteers. How did, how did each of you get into this work? I mean, there aren't any, uh, there aren't any paid celebrations between before professional sports games or giant billboards everywhere, or recruiting stations on every corner, like there are for the military. How did you find your way into this? Oh, me? Okay. So I found my way very ser serendipitously. Um, I came along like right when our last, not our last election, but our last, last election happened. Um, and it, it was just, it was just weird. Yeah. Um, you know, my family is Muslim. We are immigrant. Well, I am a child of immigrants. Um, and just the rhetoric that was being used around that time was really impacting my family. So, um, you know, the election happened. I was surprised and my kids kind of fell apart and they were just like, oh my God, are we going to have to leave? And they, and I was just like, well, no, because we have nowhere to go. So um, from there, I was just like, I need to get out of my head. I need to go do something. And then what my do ended up being was going to the gym that day. And I was just like, I just need to, you know, not sit at home in bed and watch the news. So I get there and I meet this nice woman and she just came up to me and she's like, oh, um, I just want you to know that you're not alone in, in this. And it was a, a white woman. I am a brown uh, woman as well. Um, and she's from there, we just started meeting organically. And um, in that organic meeting, we brought her friends, we brought my friends, and we would just have meaningful dialogue every month. And she somehow got in contact with Preemptive Love, who was looking to start uh, bridging divides in their community. So she came to me and she's like, would you mind if we join? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure, let's try it. So um, we tried to join and we didn't hear anything for a little while. And sh she was upset and I was just like, well, whatever, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And um, 
finally they came to us and they said, you know, we've been trying to launch this thing and it, we haven't been able to do it. And it looks like you're already doing it. And would you like to join us? And I'm like, what? And they're like, would you like to join us as an employee to work on this, uh, you know, this project? And I thought like jobs like this didn't exist. Uh, I come from an engineering background. So in, in my, uh, you know, previous life, I was an engineer. So I was just like, well, you know, let me do it. And, you know, peacemaking has always been in my heart, peacemaking. Like, you know, it just spoke to me in so many different levels. So we we joined, me and my friend. And um, during COVID, like I said, we started doing workshops. And there was a young guy who was getting his master's from Maryland uh, who was very, uh, you know, wise beyond his years. And uh, from there, uh, Nick joined us. Uh, wonderful. Nick, you want to take it from there? Yeah, I mean, thanks for that introduction. Um, <laughs> so my background is actually in education. I was an English teacher and um, I, was, I was teaching high school English when the Stoneman Douglas shooting in Florida happened. And in that time, I, you know, I've got my own emotions that I'm dealing with, but also those of my students and other students around the school, you know, coming into my classroom either before, during, or after crying, going, are we next? You know, the adults aren't listening. You know, we're being told that our voices don't matter, that we don't know what we're talking about. Um, and so I went on a journey of like wanting to better equip myself to handle all the division going on so that I could, you know, better equip others. And so I went on to grad school and studied, uh, got my master's degree in conflict analysis and dispute resolution. And uh, from there, you know, COVID hit and Preemptive Love started doing these these um, community things, these workshops. And I was like, you know, I've followed Preemptive Love for so long. Let me, let me attend, see what this is about. Um, I really love the work that they're doing. And sure enough, you know, Sadia and the team asked me to come and join them. And you know, I've been working here full time ever since. That's kind of my terrific. I'm very glad to to know about this. Um, what we're speaking with Sadia Qureshi and Nick Ray, both of whom are with Preemptive Love, which you can find at preemptivelove.org, and they will be doing a training session at the No War 2022 conference. You can find at worldbeyondwar.org. Uh, Nick, I wonder if you know. I, I'm guessing you do. Who trained that shooter in Florida to shoot a gun? I actually don't know. There, there's a, for, for those of us who oppose war and militarism, uh, there was an interesting fact that was left out of all the media coverage and all the activism for years now, all the anti-gun activism, which is that the junior ROTC, the United States military, trained that young man in his school to shoot a gun, and he was wearing his junior ROTC T-shirt proudly when he shot his classmates, having been trained in that school to shoot at public expense by the United States military. And, and, and it's not that that military training, whether ROTC or actual military training, is so often a part of these mass shooting incidents that you're not allowed to talk about, you know? Um, I, I mean, and of course, 
since the war in Ukraine has been in the media, it's been very hard in the United States to talk about war and peace. Has has that had any impact on on your conversations? Yeah, you want to go ahead, Sadia? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, Nick, why don't you talk about um, our last workshop where we actually dissected um, the Ukraine war and how we're processing it? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of went about it in a similar fashion to how we went about processing the, la the last couple of elections. Um, and the division that's come out of it and the violence that people want to create towards each other, um, whether it be physically or in words. And so, you know, as this uh, war kind of took off at the beginning of 2022 here, um, we wanted to offer space for people to process what's going on. And so we did that. And then we were constantly asking the question as we go about these, um, these workshops and trainings, who are we choosing to be in this? Um, who are we choosing to be in our communities? How, how are we choosing to even vote? Are we, when it comes time to vote, are we voting with our best interest in mind or of the interests of all of us as a community? It's kind of some of the stuff we talked, we uh, covered. Sorry, yeah. am I forgetting anything? <laughs> no, oh. and I think what was important in that discussion was also like, the dichotomy between how the Ukraine war is perceived by general Americans uh, versus how other wars that we are the actual perpetrator um, is perceived and how there's such a disparity. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's, I think, very much worth pointing out to people. Um, it, it, I was interested in the list of, of wars you mentioned uh, early on, uh, including Mexico, uh, because a lot of people don't think of Mexico as being at war, uh, even though it has war-level violence and much of it with weapons manufactured in the United States. People don't don't think of that as a war, do they? No, no. I, and I mean, you could even go as far as saying the U.S. is at war within itself. I would say, but yeah, the what's going on in Mexico? Um, we've, I, I would say, in response to that, one of the coolest things that we've done in recent um, weeks, even, is we opened a tech hub in Juarez where people can come work on this bus. Um, it, all you need is, you know, Wi-Fi to make money, right? And so it's again, it's this way for people to provide for themselves and their families. And it's jobs working on a bus? Yeah, yeah. It's a bus that we've transformed into a, a mini tech hub. Yeah, so basically... That, like, provides um, Wi-Fi, provides... Yeah, and it's not only jobs, but it's like training people to get the skill set that you might need to have a job on the go. Um, because when you are a migrant, yeah. um, you know, you're not there for very long, so there's not much time to sit and get a degree and sit at a desk and, you know, stuff like that. So it's... um. Yeah, so it's a whole different type of like skill set that we're trying to, you know, help them gain so they can actually, you know, use it to find sustainable work wherever they end up. You know, when we're 
dealing with people in the United States where we all live uh, who are looking for jobs, looking for education, are not provided with opportunities uh, that other countries provide, uh, and trying to talk people out of joining the military, um, it's always helpful to have alternatives you can offer people to do good around the world, uh, to make sacrifices, to take risks, to work with a big team of teammates, uh, but without the the mass organized murder. Uh, and it seems like uh, your organization is a great place to recommend to people. You're you're hiring people in large numbers and and bringing in volunteers in large numbers. Um, can, should we be sending people to preemptive love who are looking for what they can do with their lives? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, in short. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow us um, on Instagram at preemptive love, but then we've also got uh, the community team has our own Instagram that's kind of an offshoot of that where it's at underscore PL community. And that's how you can kind of stay updated with what the community team is doing. And you can DM us there or email us at community at preemptivelove.org. Um, and there's, we really, we're all about coming alongside you and your community in whatever shape or form you need. Because no relationship, no community is, it's not cookie cutter. No, nobody's all the same, right? So what works in Florida may not work in California or Iraq or Lebanon or Mexico. And so it's, again, it's going back to that first thing that peacemakers do is listen. And so, uh, yeah, whether it's a gathering, whether it's a workshop, whether it's us coming alongside you and helping you, you know, figure out like, how do I, you know, start conversations around this going on in my community? I, I I wonder if you if you Nick and Sadia mind me asking, uh, but at World Beyond War, we we've been around several years now, and we try to end all war in the world, and we struggle to to fund that work, and we've hired seven people. Uh, you guys have hired seventy people. Uh, how how do you how do you find uh, the resources uh, to pay for uh, work? toward abolishing war, uh, which a lot of big piles of money have no interest in, uh, in funding. I think most, uh, I think I it's, mean, yeah, don't, sorry. Um, yeah, a lot of it's ahead, donor money. That's what, that's what Nick was saying. Um, so we get a lot of donor money. There's a lot of grants uh, out there. The UN um gives a lot of grants for like, you know, sustainable development and stuff like that. Um, so we have several avenues that, that have worked for us in the past. And we really try to be careful about grants even, because even grants can get very particular and very picky. And if they're, they're actually going against some of our own core values, we, we try not to take those, obviously. Um, that's very, very encouraging. I'm glad to hear it. Um, when you when you mentioned a bit ago war within the United States, uh, I mean, with how how are you defining war if it's with a definition of of a thousand or more deaths a year from armed conflict? Um, are you using that definition, or is it more metaphorical? The the corporate media is 
presenting us two political parties that hate each other, except when it comes to funding war, and then they love each other. Uh, what's what's the in what sense is there a war in the United States? Yeah. So I, I believe I was the one that said that. So I can I'll start at it, and then Saudi, if I miss anything, more than welcome to pick up the pieces. So I, I would say yes to both of those in the fact that like you have to look no further than gun violence in the U.S. to see the just mass amount of people that are dying in our streets, which is incredibly heartbreaking. You know, each time, especially when there's a school shooting, you know. Each time you think, okay, never again, like this can't possibly happen again. And yet here we are yet again after Uvalde and Buffalo and all, all these things. Um, so there's that. But then if you also look at, um, you know, conflict in itself in a, like in a continuum, like it's these things that we've seen happen as a, as an organization in whether it be Syria or Iraq or Venezuela, these things that, you know, really build into civil war and just horrific violence. We see those precursors happening in the U S where we are continually divided and deeply divided. And we, you know, Saudi and I are, we live in the U S and so we certainly don't want Florida or the U S to get to that level of civil war. And so how do we address this and stop the spread of violence, as we you know, say? Sadia, do you want to comment on that? Um, yeah. So like I said, in our, our monthly neighborhood gatherings, we try to address all the problems, like everything that's weighing on our heart from like the, you know, the something happening in the city council versus, you know, something happening in, in Ukraine and stuff. And we also try to talk about like the culture of war and violence, especially in the United States. David, I think you would probably love our last blog post. And I'm going to do a shameless pitch for our amazing blog, blog post. And it's about militarism and how our culture, our American culture specifically, is um, designed to promote this this bravery and this courage when it's actually, you know, so harmful for you know, at a macro level, but also at a micro level, right? So, like, um, if you get a chance, I'd love you to read. I love for you to read it. Um, so, yeah, we we talk about the big, the small, and like everything in between because it it all contributes. You know. Well, we will put a link to that blog post up at talkworldradio.org. Uh, but with just a minute and a half left, uh, where can people find that blog post, and how can people keep up with you and get involved? Yeah, so you go to preemptivelove.org. There's a blog section where um, our wonderful team updates anybody who is willing to read and listen of our work around the world, of different things that we're doing. Uh, as Sadia mentioned, that latest blog post is on militarism and machismo, um, I believe is the name of it. Uh, <clears throat> you can also, again, follow on Instagram at preemptivelove also on Facebook and Twitter. Our community team is at underscore PL community on Instagram, where we keep people updated. And then you can also purchase some amazing refugee-made goods from our shop on uh, shop, And everything from candles to soaps to little 
kids' toys, all kinds of really good stuff. We have some good coffee on there, some good coffee beans that I love to frequently purchase. <laughs> all right. Anything else, Claudia? No, that's it. I think that was pretty, uh, that's us in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, am, I am off to buy some coffee right away. Uh, we've been speaking with Nick Ray and Sadia Qureshi, who, both of whom work with Preemptive Love Coalition. You can go to preemptivelove.org and they will be doing a workshop at the No War 2022 conference, uh, which you can sign up for at worldbeyondwar.org. Uh, Sadia and Nick, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk World Radio. Thank you. We Thank you so much. Truly really humbled to be here. This is Talk World Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talkworldradio.org. Talk World Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way.